Why do Instagram ads suck? They, it, it doesn't make sense sometimes, the ads that I get. Like, here's a perfect example. Uh, I got an ad the other day for Leo's. Uh, it says, try our new specialty sauces. So uh, this is a, a, an ad from Leo's saying that they have chicken wings. Uh, they have buffalo, Carolina gold barbecue, honey barbecue, traditional barbecue, mango habanero, garlic parmesan, and sweet red chili. Okay, so those sauce, the sauces sound good, but I would never go to Leo's for wings. Who would do that? Uh, but I, I haven't been to Leo's in forever. I haven't Googled their menu. How does that ad come up on my Instagram? I don't understand. Uh, another example here, uh, I got an ad from Arby's that says they now have crinkle fries. Stupid. That is so stupid. I don't eat at Arby's. I haven't eaten at Arby's in forever. I'm not looking at their stuff online. Like, I don't get cookies. Like, you know, like, not like chocolate chip cookies, but like the accept or deny cookies when you're on a website, which I still don't understand what that means. Uh, And why crinkle cut fries? Those are the worst types of fries. And Arby's is known for their curly fries. So why would they add a different, why would they add the worst type of fry? I don't understand it. Screw Instagram ads. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, Jake Provisor returns. Well, here we are, Jake, 17 episodes later. You were the opening episode, the very first guest. You, not only were you the first guest, but you were literally on the first episode of Motor City Hardball. How does it feel to, to make your return? Uh, I feel honored. I feel proud. I feel um, loyalty to our Detroit Tigers organization. The fan base. I feel a great sense of warmth with our fan base and being back on with one of my great friends talking about things that we love, which is the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> that was that was great. I could have put it better uh, <laughs> than what you just said. Jake, it's great to have you back on. Uh, I, I want to start by you you mentioned you know uh, it's a privilege to to be a fan of this uh this organization this team uh you had the privilege of going down to Comerica Park uh for a game on on the opening week homestand tell me how did that go um yes yes i did brandon um i went to one of our first games with is the tigers versus the twins uh, it was our second game of that little stretch against the Twins at home, I believe. Uh, sitting right up left field. Uh, got to see my boy, Akil Badu. Um, and also my arch nemesis, Jake Cave, in left field. Why is that? He just pissed me off, man. He's playing left field. He's playing for the Twins. He's... We were having a great time. I was I was chatting with Akil all game. I was yelling at him, Akil, Akil. I was telling him he's the best thing we've done for years. Rule five draft pick coming up. He was pointing at me. He threw me a ball. I'm holding it right now. If you guys can hear this, 
we could hear it. So he he threw you a ball. Like go go into more detail. Like how did that go down? So I didn't buy these tickets. I had a friend that said, "Let's go to the Tigers game. I'll buy tickets. Venmo me, whatever." I pay him. I don't. I didn't even really know where they were. I just knew that they were going to be good seats. We ended up being like a few rows back in left field, and like the the stadiums. I think it's like twenty five capacity or something. So there's not a lot of fans in in the stadium, but there's enough for it to feel to feel like baseball again. Uh, we're sitting there, and top of the first rolls around, and Akil's running out, and I'm just I, – I think I'm his first fan. I think I'm Akil's first fan that he'll ever truly recognize because I was out there and I was hyping him up all game, all game. Akil, like, you're killing it. Like, keep it up. I'm so happy. Are you keeping number 60? Are you changing it? When I get your jersey, I need to know. He was like, kind of, like, laughing, like, waving me off, kept pointing at me. Like, I would go up and, like, kind of talk to him during, like, while he's throwing, just kind of, like – Ban- some good little banter. I was like, dude, like, like, give me a ball. Like, give me a ball. Like, come on, come on. He's like, I got you. I got you. Just, like, wait a little. So, okay. Is that what he's – that's what he said? Yeah, yeah. He was like, give me – he gave me, like, give me five. Like, a little give, – like, give me some time. And uh, the bat boy, I think we both kind of understood that this bat boy was taking all of these balls and, like – what they do is all these foul balls that the bat boy gets, like he, he can give some out, I think, to little kids, but they put them in this bag and they take them into the stadium and sell them, like game-used balls, whatever. So I'm, I'm a big boy. I'm wearing a big white T-shirt, Tigers hat. Like, I'm, like, I think the whole stadium can honestly hear me when, I'm, when I was cheering for the Tigers. So, and I'm like talking to Akil, like between every inning, like he's looking at me the whole time. Like he, he, he knows who I am. And we were walking up, like, on the concourse that's behind left field, and we're walking back down. We're probably, like, 50 yards out from left field, and I start, like, Akil's playing catch, and I'm missing, and I'm like, oh, this is my chance. This is my chance. And I'm like, Akil, like, Akil. And he's, like, kind of looking around, and he sees me, and he's, like, points at me. He's like, yo, 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 yo. And he chucks this ball, like, over the left field fence all the way to us. It was like a – Decent throw. It hit this rail next to us. It bounced up, snagged it, uh, and then I went back down, and I was next, and I was, again, right in left field next to him. I'm like, Akil, I got you. Lafayette on me after the game. Please come. Unfortunately, he didn't come. Uh, I wish he would have, but uh, I still believe that I – will forever be ingrained in Akil Badu's memory from being his first fan because of how loud and outspoken and friendly I was to him during a home stretch. We also saw a triple that game that he hit, as well as a great outfield assist to second base through a fucking rocket. And I, I was very, very, very happy. So did you at least DM him after the game and like there was a chance that he could have recognized you maybe from, you know, your 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 pictures on Instagram, but did you think about saying, "Hey, like meet up with the boys at, at Lafayette?" I boofed it. I boofed it. I did slide in much later and he had gained from before that game to after the game like 10,000 more followers on Instagram or something like that. <laughs> Only you, only you would like be able to figure that out. And but I, I believe you. Like you're a trustworthy source. Yeah. So he did not respond to me. 
So maybe it's a little, it's unrequited, a little unrequited, unrequited love. But I think that if he saw me, I will be back in the stands. I told him I'd be back. He said, okay, let's see. And next time I go back, I'm going to get him to come to Lafayette with me. (laughs) So I think what we need to do is, well, I would, it'd be crazy if I could get him on the show. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way it's, it's, it's highly unlikely. But I think with eh, your it's not help, highly unlikely. No, with with your help and everyone's help on Twitter and Instagram, you know, let's let's make this push. Akil, we uh, we need we need like a unique hashtag so we can add him and then have the hashtag. What Motor City Hardball is coming for you. <laughs> what's what's the hashtag? Think hashtag bring Akil home. <laughs> Motor City Hardball. Okay, hashtag bring Akil. Ho- well, well, all right, we'll shorten it a little bit. Let's just say, uh, hashtag Akil, the number two, M C H B. That's perfect. Akil to M C H B. Everyone's everyone's gonna know what that means. Yeah, tell tell your friends, tell your boys. out you know, obviously, I'm gonna post about it. We're gonna make it happen. All right, Jake. I'm going to go to a game next week, and I'll sit. Well, now he played center yesterday, didn't he? Uh, he's He's been moving around a little bit here and there. And the thing is, too, is, uh, you, you know, I, I have my, obviously, my, my little outline here, and uh, we were going to talk about him a little bit uh, later in the episode. But you know what? We're on the topic of, of Akil Badu. We might as well talk about him right now. Um, he has been a little bit of experience with left and center field. I think I wasn't sure if he played center last night. Um, but here's the thing is obviously at the beginning of the season, he wasn't getting that much playing time. In fact, last week, the last thing, uh, the last episode that I had, I was on the phone with you when he hit the walk off. So a week ago today or a week ago tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, um, was when he hit that walk off. And that was when he was, playing like he was first starting to get his that playing time i think hinch was trying to get everyone playing time in those first couple in those first couple games so even if he knew that he might that he's most likely gonna end up in our starting lineup if he doesn't i'll burn uh detroit to the ground but uh if uh i think he was just trying to feel it out see what everyone was doing and like once he kept uh like performing that he's probably gonna stay in that he's, he probably solidified a spot in our lineup for the foreseeable future He's got to be our everyday starter, though, because you obviously you look at what he's doing. He's putting up insane numbers. This guy, we saw what he was doing in spring training, and now it's sure it's early, but I think he for sure, if he keeps this up, he is for sure finishing top three rookie of the year uh, at the end of the season. Sure, it's it's a little premature to make that, but yeah, I would I would definitely think that. Uh, he's got seven hits so far this season, three homers, nine RBIs, one stolen base. Uh, interesting stat too here, Jake, in his 19 at bats, he's struck out four times. Uh, and I also read something that something about the, the hard hit contact. Uh, I think it's like 95 miles an hour above they qualify. It was like the, like eight out of his nine hits exceeded that. Um, so this guy is really, when he makes contact, he squares it up. We know what he did last night against Zach Granke. He hit a 400-foot bomb, and then he hit another one. Literally, he missed it by a foot right off the wall in center or left center field. 
Uh, you know, he went last night at two hits, the home run and the double, but it's unbelievable what this guy's doing. I mean, I just get, I just think about like our organization and like the moves that we've made and like the pieces that we've moved to kind of like put us on this rebuild path. And like, without even thinking about a keel, like I thought we were on like a really good path. Like as we were just like, we have a lot of young talent. We brought in Chris better. Like we we're set up to really like start a good rebuild. And I truly believe that. And we draft this guy from the rule five draft. I don't even, there's like, I don't, there's like, I think Johan Santana and like Josh Hamilton were rule five draft picks when I was looking it up a little bit ago, but like, there's like, like how often does the, does a team draft someone in the rule five and he ends up just outperforming like everyone like he, when he's in the batter's box, he's in control. And that's what the biggest thing that I've realized is like good batters, like really good hitters in the league. Like the, the pitcher is like, they're in the driver's seat. Like the batter's in the driver's seat. They're, they're figuring out what's happening. It's just like, and that's only exemplified like through the fact that he only has four strikeouts. Like he's batting like what, like 370, like a little bit under. And it's it's so impressive to me. I really hope that he continues and that we re-sign him at the end of the year. I'm not so sure how like his his contract, like Rule Five contracts work, but I'm I'm really excited to see like what he does and and how he helps the team. I haven't been this excited about a player we've had in a while. Like Willie last year, um, I was pretty excited about. He he's playing well. None of our batting averages this year are like to our surprise our are really making me super happy right now, except for Akil's. But like, it's a, it's a great start. He's a rookie, and it's it's. A, I think he, if he performs well, it's going to be a piece that we're really going to cherish for this season. Yeah. When was the last time you saw anyone in this organization get as much like attention on social media, MLB Network, you know, MLB's Twitter and Instagram, that everyone is raving? about Akil Badu, and it's so sweet to see. It's unreal. I love seeing the old English D all over Twitter. Um, like, I mean, I guess there was a lot of buzz when, like, Casey Myers made his first start last season. Um, and, like, uh, honestly, there was a bit of buzz yesterday, but, like, our pitching, and, like, I'm thinking, like, Akil's, like, 22, man. Like, when, in three years, 25-year-old Akil. 21-year-old Riley Green on the outfield. Like. I hear you. I hear you. And, and no one, nobody saw this coming, which is the best part. This was literally a gift. So it's it's great to see, you know, all this attention. And, and he's just a great player and uh, such a humble guy. Like when you watch his interviews, his post-game interviews and stuff, um, really cool moment to have his family too at the ballpark when he had his first hit, you know, th- that being the home run and, He's probably the the cooler story of the season so far. Obviously, you got you know Trey Mancini coming back. Trey Mancini's recovering from you know uh, cancer, but uh, just Akil Badu is it's unbelievable what he's doing. Um, and and I'll real quick we we had talked about this you and I before we got started here. If it sounds like me, because you know I'm I'm here on the mic and we got Jake on the phone with us today. Uh, if we sound a little bit maybe under the weather, uh, it is our allergies. <laughs> we talked about how bad our allergies are right before. Stuffy, 
little stuffy over here. Um, would love some some crisp, clean, fresh Zyrtec <laughs> right now. I would I would really love some. Yeah, we could do if if Zyrtec or Flonase is listening, we could really use your help. Um, <laughs> but I think I think we have enough enough. Uh, Enough air, good clean air to get through the rest of this episode. Uh, so I got to take out dick. So do I, actually. So the the Tigers are four and six, um, and we've we're dealing with some injuries right now, Jake. Unfortunately, Zyrtec won't have any effect on trying to uh, cure these injuries. We're gonna start with Julio Tehran. Uh, Julio Tehran was a guy who was a big surprise coming out of spring training. Uh, veteran pitcher. He's was with the Braves. Uh, for the majority of his career, I think last season was his first with the Angels. It wasn't great. Uh, Tigers decided to take a risk on him, and he comes in on a one-year deal and was looking awesome. And to me, this is a tough break because this looked like a guy who was slowly getting his groove back. Um, and between his injury and, and Miguel's, I mean, Miguel's injury is, is definitely less uh, severe, but we know his, his health history. Um, this is definitely a tough, a tough hit for the Tigers. Um, he's now on the 60 day DL. It's, there's, it's questionable as to how long he could, you know, be on that stint could be two to three months. Uh, and something I had read Jake is, um, the Tigers have had horrible luck when it comes to signing these veteran pitchers for one year deals. If you remember Matt Moore, we signed him. Uh, he was gone after two starts. Tyson Ross pitched seven starts. And then we had Ivan Nova, and he was gone after four starts. And now look, Julio Tehran, two starts into the season, and he's gone. And then if you look behind, like, pitching, like, C.J. Crowmaster, who I was so excited about, missed the entire season after, like, the first like the first month, I think. Or... We get, yeah, we're he... getting unlucky a little. Uh, he, was, he was another guy, you're right, I was excited about. He had some pop, and uh, he was, you know, the Renato Nunez um, before we signed him. Although Nunez is much younger and uh, definitely has got some pop. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, so with Julio Tehran now moving, with him moving to the uh, IL, that now calls for Michael Fulmer to uh, join the starting rotation again. Uh, Jake, I don't know about you, but Michael Fulmer hasn't looked as good as he has since his uh, rookie of the year season. Uh, now that he's been pitching in relief out of the bullpen, just looking at his last couple games, uh, he's gone. He went four innings against Cleveland, uh, two innings, and then another inning. But he's he's racking up the strikeouts. He had five strikeouts in four innings, four strikeouts in two innings. Uh, he's got a two five seven ERA with ten Ks in seven innings pitched, and his velocity looks great. He's touching 96, 97, and his slider is nasty. With a guy like Fulmer, and especially some of the younger guys, but you know how big of an impact behind the scenes is, does that have on a guy like Fulmer who was struggling? Uh, and if, if I'm not sure if you knew this, but Fetter was out with COVID um, before the season began. So obviously it's great to have him back. Uh, but it's 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 I wonder what is really going on with him working behind the scenes. And, and I've never thought, too like I couldn't tell you who the Tigers pitching coach was like every season because one it, it it always changes I think it was like Rick Anderson or something um but it 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 feels like like now like he could have Fetter could have a big impact uh on this rotation and you can see that with Michael Fulmer already out of the bullpen 
A hundred percent. I think that one, we're kind of like shifting into like the new school of baseball strategy tactics. Like a lot of like, I know that like Hinch is a huge, uh, it's a huge like sabermetrics guy, stat guy. And like, I think Fetters as well. Um, and I feel like that's just like going to help, help us out a lot. Also something that I saw that was really interesting, uh, while they were interviewing, uh, Mize after, after the game yesterday, how he was like kind of losing his command or he, he said he was like having a tough time uh, getting his command back for like the fastball in the first couple innings. And like, he was talking to Fetter in between um, going out on the mound. And he was like, use your warm up pitches before the inning to solely focus on your fastball command. Like, and he was kind of talking about, usually I'm just kind of warming up, making sure like I'm throwing the ball well, that I got like good grips on everything. But like, once you have command of your fastball, everything else gets so much more effective and just like kind of hearing just that little small quip about like what better was doing to really help him out just made me feel really confident and more comfortable with like him being there, like guiding, guiding these pitchers and really getting them prepared to, to pitch in the big leagues. And, and Mize really showed out last night and it made me really happy. Yeah, it does appear that Fetters is making an impact on this pitching staff. Matt Boyd is is looking like the Matt Boyd of 2019. He's been pitching really well lately. And and don't forget too, we still have Spencer Turnbull. He's only been out because COVID relatedness. He wasn't. He didn't have. He didn't have COVID. He was just like I don't know. Got was around someone who had it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but Turnbull, you know, it's, it's almost like we're, forget, we've forgotten about him. Um, so hopefully he will come back for the series, uh, after Houston. Um, I think the Tigers come home, they play the Yankees and the Cubs and whatnot. I keep seeing this ad on Instagram for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I might have to what? go to that game. What against the Yankees? Ty- yeah. Turnbull's first start with Tehran out. It's interesting. And Jose Urena, uh, his still, he, he looked better in his second outing against Cleveland. Uh, but he's just so spotty, hit hit or miss um, through his first couple starts. His, he looks like he doesn't really have – he's losing lack of his fastball command. Uh, so it, I, I'm gonna, it's, it's curious to see what he's going to do, or I'm curious to see what he's going to do and what he's capable of and what he's working on with Chris Fetter. Gregory Soto has really started u- utilizing his slider a lot more, and it's looking a lot better. I told him that after the game when I saw him. He was very appreciative of my compliment. Was he? Um, yeah, but I I don't know. Like our our I think a lot of us Tigers fans are constantly worried about our bullpen, especially with how many games we had last year that were just three innings of our starter, two innings of our starter, and then the rest of it just like getting switched off to see if like anyone can really like step up and throw more than an inning and. I think Fetter's making me feel a lot more comfortable with where our bullpen is, regardless of how they've been performing so far. But just, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see. To to, I mean, like, I always say, like, the start of the season, yeah, they've been in spring training, they've been playing, but, like, you need to give, like, teams, like, a good, like, 10, 20 games to really get into their groove. So I'm excited to see where we're at in a few weeks and and see what, see the the byproduct of Fetter's involvement in the organization now. It's interesting you say that because last night with Casey Mize, so he his first couple innings were rough. You know, it was he pitched a great game, seven shutout innings, I think five strikeouts, but it didn't come easy. Like I was watching that first inning and it was shaky. He didn't have command of his fastball. He walked two guys 
in that first inning. I think he hit another batter in the second inning. Uh, obviously, he was able to work around those things, and something ticked. Uh, his command drastically improved, and it wasn't that he, you know, velocity's never been the issue with Mize. Obviously, it's been command. Um, but it, when it, it for me, I thought, okay, we're kind of screwed because one, Houston has been the one of the best offensive teams so far in baseball this season. Uh, you have a Tigers bullpen that is tired uh, after you know pitching so many innings against Cleveland in this past series. Uh, and and realistically, when you look at the starting rotation, I feel comfortable when Boyd or Turnbull are pitching because it's it's almost a guarantee that you know you're going to get at least five innings out of them. Uh, and when Mize was was looking erratic last night, I thought, okay, he's probably going to go three, maybe four innings, and then it's going to be the bullpen's game from there on out. Yeah, um, I remember we talked about it last time I was on, but just like the present that the presence that veterans bring to our rotation, I think is really important, especially with like te- uh, with Scooble, Mize, and just like having these like role models guys that are throwing well and kind of like taking off like a bit of the pressure to just make them not feel like they need to like be that guy yet. And like, I want them to feel like that and I want them to perform like that. But just like, I feel like it's so important for rookies to really like get in there and feel like they're like, they're doing their part, but not have like, not have this like insane amount of pressure that like make that, like I felt like Casey could have had last year when, like Pete, when when our pitchers weren't performing so well, and I think that like with Matt Boyd with Turnbull coming back, it's going to be really important for our younger guys to really have the confidence of going in and, and throwing their hearts out. I thought that Mize was, you know, his obviously his his command wasn't great, but for him to, you know, do what he did to basically reimagine his his mindset and be like okay like he knew he knows that his team is facing Zach Granke who is arguably a future hall of famer you know Cy Young award winner and he's pitching in his home ballpark like it's tough to beat this guy uh even though the Tigers put together several great swings against him um Mize knew that he had to turn it around uh and he battled all all of spring I mean coming out of spring training it, it wasn't it didn't look like Casey Mize was for sure, without a doubt, going to make this rotation. For me, it was Scooble. Scooble was sharp and really lights out throughout all the spring. You knew that he was going to make the uh, rotation, but it seemed like Casey Mize, even though he was the number one guy you know, a couple years ago, definitely had to prove himself, and he did it last night, kicked it into a, a different gear, and you know, for him, it, it paid off. He got his first career Major League win, and it's it's awesome when you see, and I know that you follow these Instagram pages, but there's like glove work and I think it's pitchers nation when they focus, they show you like the, you know, a 10 second highlight or 20 second snippet of like the biggest plays from the night. And you see these guys like Casey Mize, you know, getting all this, this, this love on, on Instagram is, is sweet. Uh, and he's definitely deserving of it too. Yeah. A hundred percent. He threw this slider to, uh, who was it? Maldonado. Yeah. To Maldonado. That was Filthy. I saw it on Pitching Ninja on Twitter. Who Casey Mize will consistently be on his Twitter all the time when he's throwing. It was ridiculous. He made him look like a little boy. He made him look like me back in the day. But think about. I mean, think about like the potential that this team actually has when you consider the young guys, and when you consider the young guys that aren't even in the show yet. 
you know, right, the first names that come to mind is Torkelson and Green, but to have Mize, like, live up to his name and his potential now, and, and Scoob, like, these guys are giving us signs of that, and same with Scoobal, I mean, it's almost like, at, at, the, at what point, you know, are the Tigers going to decide, all right, let's spend a little bit of money uh, and and bring in a veteran guy. There's There's been some talks, actually, about, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, but um, possibly signing Carlos Correa, now, as because he's going to be a free agent next season, the free agent class is nuts, especially at shortstop and second base. Um, I believe Javi Baez is in that conversation too. Um, but if if you can have this, everyone you know live up to their name, these prospects, this team is going to be a really good team. And then you add in Akil Badu, <laughs> who no one saw coming. It's awesome. It's awesome. I so yeah. So a few things. I think one. Um... I mean, this, like, Miggy, as much as I will forever say that it's he was worth every penny when we paid him, it's it's really a thorn in our in, in the in the bush right now with, like, just our, our salary cap and, like, trying to sign free agents. We're paying him, like, $30 million until, like, 2024. Um, I would love to see us buy, get, get, buy someone and really buy him out, like, before his contract ends, get someone – spend some money, get a great free agent, and then do it again after after Miggy's contract's up. And it's really exciting. I mean, I think about, like, even right now I get excited about the team. Like, when Nomar's on, he fucking hits the ball as hard as to the moon. He didn't even put a helmet on it to go to the stratosphere. And, like, <laughs> like, Ramos, is, like Ramos has been raking, like, like Jamer, like the boys, the the boys are out to play, and I'm so, I'm excited to see if they get into a groove because I think we're getting a little slept on this year. We don't have a lot of huge names, but we're performing. We, we have we have guys that can perform, and I know we can. They just need to hit a good. They just need to hit their stride. Yeah, well, you you mentioned Wilson Ramos. We haven't even talked about him yet. I think he homered in four straight games. He's a beast. Uh, he and he's also I read he's a twelve year veteran. That to me that didn't sound right. Like I didn't think he'd been around the league for that long. Yeah, he's like thirty four, I think. Wait, wait, he hit a line drive that I was sure was hit. I it was like, wow, that ball was hit hard. We thought it was gonna hit the wall, and it just flew right. It flew right over the fence. It was fucking crazy. He he he's got some pop in his bat. I'll tell you that much. He does. He does got some pop. And speaking of someone with pop in their bat, Renato Nunez, uh, he's only 27, Jake. Uh, His best season came with the Orioles, uh, and this was in 2019. He had 31 homers, which is highly under the radar for this team because we are so desperately in need of offense and power. Uh, and as much as I love Miggy, like, and, and you, you and I both, uh, it hurts to see him, you know, be hurt. Yes. Through thick and thin. It hurts to see him go on the IL and he's out with like a mild bicep strain. We'll see how long that lasts, but it was almost bittersweet because it's like, okay, well, you're not sure you're not necessarily guaranteed vintage Miggy this season, just because he's on the hunt for 300 or 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Uh, and you bring in a guy like Nunez, who is 27. He's got pop. He hit a home run last night against Grinky. Like, 
the potential that he brings to this team. Uh, I'm not saying that we're better without Miggy, but like at this point with a guy like Nunez, who knows? Yeah, I mean, Miggy, to reiterate how both me and Brandon feel about Miguel Cabrera, he could easily be the best Tiger to ever put on the uniform. And and what I'm about to say means this in no way, shape, or form a detriment to what Miguel Cabrera has brought to the city of Detroit and the legacy that he will leave in Detroit once he either moves on or retires. But if Renato keeps performing and scope, uh, okay, wait. So Renato, all right. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little choked up even trying to say what I'm gonna say. But Miggy, Miggy's on his, he could be on his way out, and I think we all know that. It's just hard to say. It is hard to say because I know exactly. I mean, he's 38. I think, he's, yeah, he's gonna be 38 soon. The thing that I struggle with with Miggy is like. I see, I see fucking Nelson Cruz like bawling out against us still, and he's like forty. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, and all I want in the world is to like just have Miggy out there ripping dingers and like even a small sense of what he used to be, but he's he's just not anymore. Well, you hope he can come back soon and and stay healthy and i've said that so many times i feel like i have deja vu <laughs> hopefully guys like this can step up um you know renato nunez stuck around uh after he found out that he wasn't making the team and he got that opportunity quickly and he's he's taken advantage of it he had a home run last night so he's definitely got some pop um not necessarily known for his his glove and jake let me ask you this what is up with starting jonathan scope at first base I was about to say that. I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, when I see it, he seems like a bit of a liability at second in the field this season, to be honest. He's made, like, a few a few bad throws, like, a few, like, missed catches. Like, if he can really, like, get that, get that spot at first, like, I'd be very excited to see that. Also, when we're talking about defensive liabilities, Nomar Mazzara – could not throw to the cutoff man for the fucking life of him the other day. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, he had, like, back-to-back errors. That was tough. It was tough, yips. I felt for him. I've been there. He's got a – he's another guy who it's like, sure, he's got some pop. He's got some power numbers, but the dude is a liability in the outfield. He strikes out a ton. Like, he makes for a better pinch hitter. Uh, sitting on the bench, and then you have you know Jacoby Jones out in his spot, Akil Badu in center, and then uh, Robbie Grossman in left. And we haven't, we also haven't really talked that much about Robbie Grossman. Um, he's he, I mean, he got walking king. Yes, in in MLB the show on on players cards, like on the diamond cards, you know how it'll be like eighty nine contact, uh, ninety nine power balance. His would just say walks, <laughs> like he's. He, he had um, MLB six, the show. He, he's gonna have a hundred discipline, hundred twenty-five discipline. Robbie Grossman. Can he hit the ball? Kind of. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a shock? Charlie Goldberg. I have a friend named Charlie Goldberg who's not Jewish. He's good defensively and he's got speed, but it took my man's like five games to get his first hit. Which sure, that's it's early, but like he's struggling even though he gets on base. Jonathan's scope is tough. Uh so is Nico Goodrum. Uh I love Jamer. I love Jamer. Really, really love Jamer. I don't remember Jamer being this good defensively. Like last night, I don't know. I want I like there was a couple of balls that were smoked off the bat, like right at Jamer, and he just made it look so easy and nonchalant. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's just defensively. I mean, we we moved him to first after CJ got hurt last year because I think people thought he was a bit of a liability at third, but he's gotten significantly better. And then, obviously, we'll see what happens if, you know, we, the Tigers call up Isak Paredes. Uh, you know, who would be our third baseman. But then uh, you take a look at the future and Spencer Torkelson, who knows where he's going to play. Uh, if, if A.J. Hinch has Jonathan Scope starting at first base, you know, what does that mean for Spencer Torkelson? Is he going to come out of the, the bullpen for a couple innings of relief? <laughs> I feel like Tork, like, the, uh, at this point, I would, okay, let's go, I'm going through the lineup right now. Okay. Really? His spot is secured at shortstop. Do you agree with that? Yes. I think our outfield, button if I'm wrong, but it needs to be Akil, Robbie, and Jacoby. Jacoby needs to, needs to step his shit up a little on the batting side, but he, he, he covers a lot of ground out in center. And uh, Robbie and... Akil would be great in the corner outfields. I'd have Nomar DHing. I'd have Jamer locked in at third right now. I've if if we're talking about like players that have secured their spot in this lineup and at their position, it's Jamer and Akil more than anyone else. I think. Yeah. Yes. At least in terms of their position that they're playing. Not like yes. Yeah. Go. Okay. Yes. Go on. Well, Jamer also is like he's. He he raked last year at the, towards the back half of the season. He's like batting like well like two seventy right now. But um, I, I I love him at third. I think that Torque is gonna like I, I think about second base. I kind of like when Scope's playing first and we get Nico some time at second because he is good in the field. Nico's always been good in the field. Um, but I think Torque's gonna be our next first baseman. Well, I think so, too. Let's not get so hasty because who knows? It could be another two years. And then you, you have guys that are going to be free agents and the outfield's going to look different. Riley Green. I got I, I got a little too excited. But you, you do make a good point in terms of the right now. Like, who who deserves to be playing every single day? Like, Harold Castro, I'm not so sure about. Uh, Jonathan Scope, I think, needs to stay at second base, and I think Renato Nunez needs to be our everyday first baseman until Miggy comes back. Um, w- with catchers, it's 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 different because you have certain pitchers who want to pitch to certain guys. Like Casey Mize, his guy is Grayson Griner, who let's give him some credit. Uh, he was <laughs> he's been horrible. He's literally been terrible. Like I, between Grayson Griner and Christian Stewart, I wanted both of those guys like gone. 
because I just felt that we were just giving them so much attention and like nothing was coming from it. But Griner's having himself a season so far. Uh, he hit a home run last night off Granky the opposite way. He hit a home run in spring training. Uh, late he he actually got hurt. I think he got hit in the face or something. So he was out for a while. But defensively too, with the glove, he's got a great arm. So in terms of a backup uh, for Ramos, Griner so far is looking uh, to fit the role nicely. I've been impressed by Griner. I think Scooble uses him too. I think it's Scooble and Mize. They're, they're, he's both their guys. But obviously, you know, if if you had the question of who'd you rather have in the lineup, Griner or Ramos, you're taking Ramos all day, every day. That dude is a tank. Yeah, he really is a tank. Um. Also, did you know that Victor Reyes and Nomar Mazzara are both like six four, like two ten, and neither of them can play outfield. <laughs> Victor Reyes isn't so bad. Honestly, I don't think he's that bad. I was trying to I was trying to figure out a way to connect them to kind of make that joke work. But because no. <laughs> Nomar can hit. Nomar can hit and a, and Victor can field. Why don't we just combine both of them? Like Victor Mazzara. <laughs> Maybe a great like, in right field. It's it's interesting because he's kind of like a Joey Gallo. Whereas, but like Joey Gallo can actually feel his position well, uh, but they're just like big dudes that either or like an Adam Dunn, like a guy who when he makes contact with the ball, it goes uh, like outside, like it la- the a million feet. Yeah, it lands over by Lafayette, or he'll just strike out, and that's all he does. But I don't, you know, it's, it's Adam so Dunn is one of the scariest motherfuckers I've ever seen in a play. It's actually, I think pitchers don't even know what's going to happen. They're like, yeah, like I'll throw to him. He's either going to strike out or actually destroy my life. So, so speaking, speaking of, of Adam, Adam Dunn, Dunn, Jake, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the episode here with a story on Adam Dunn. I have a story on Adam Dunn, and then obviously, if you have any final thoughts, if you have any final thoughts, we will get to those. So here's my Adam Dunn story. So. I love going to batting practice before the games. Obviously, things have changed a little bit. Um, I've yet to go downtown for a baseball game. We were at batting practice, and he was, I think this is like his last season or two, he was with the White Sox. Uh, I'm out in right field in K-Line's corner. And do you know where the, the Fox Sports Detroit, a.k.a. now the Bally Sports Detroit sign is? Like, Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I do. So the only ball that I I have like 17 or 18 baseballs that I've gotten collectively over the years, but I've never caught one live. Technically this wasn't live, but this is one that I've like caught, so to speak. So done in batting practice, hit a home run off of that sign, literally off the Fox Sports Detroit sign. And it came back and like, while it was still in the air, it literally came right to me. And I caught it. It was awesome. I still have pictures. Like, I took pictures of, like, how far up in the stands I was. Like, it was a moonshot. Like, 450. It's, like, 450 plus. And I'll never forget that because it was, like, the only ball. The only time I've ever, like, quote-unquote caught a ball uh, at a baseball game. But, Jake, uh, that that is all for today's episode. I'm I'm so happy you came on and, and we could reconnect and reconvene and talk some baseball. Do you have any final thoughts, anything that you are itching to say before we go? 
Got a few things. Okay. Casey Mize, perfect game, still happening. Cy Young, maybe you have to wait a little, but the perfect game is still on is is, is still on the table. Akil Badu, rookie of the year. Akil Badu, MVP. <laughs> Akil Badu, my new best friend. <laughs> and the Detroit motherfucking Tigers to the moon. Invest now, <laughs> never sell. How how many of the things you just said? do you think are actually likely to happen? At least 75% of them. Okay, well, let's hope so. Jake, we're going to really push to get a kill Badoo uh, on next week's show or a show in the future. Remember, um, what was it? Was it Akil? B2MHCB. HB. MCHB. No, it was, I don't remember if it was Akil 2 or if it was Badu 2. I guess pick whichever one you want. It's just hashtag bring a keel home, a.k.a. bring a keel to Motor City Hardball. And if you want to, to uh, make that an acronym, you feel free to. And I will keep DMing him on Instagram. Real quick, you know how, you know, our boy Scott Bentley? Yeah, of course. Okay, so you know how like he ends his videos on on Twitter like at the end. Yeah. How does he do it? Wait, do I? <laughs> no, I guess you know. He like he's like all right, player of the game. They always do like player of the game. It's like player of the game goes to Jay McCandlerio. All right, and then he puts his hand over like the 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 front facing camera. He's like, go Tigers. He says it just like that. <laughs> go. No, no, let's get a good eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Yeah, alright, you can stick to that. That, the, that. That's a job for you and only you. Uh, new episodes of Motor City Hardball Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. We will see everybody back here next Wednesday.